0: Hello and welcome to Switzer Investing. I'm Peter Switzer and on tonight's show Bay Lu answers my question about whether the markets bounce-backs in recent times that we've been seeing particularly for tech stocks and the overall market for that matter when bond market yields start to drop. Is this a sneak preview of what should happen to stocks later in the year when the market headwinds of inflation, spiking interest rates and recession fears abate to be replaced by more positive tailwinds? And then Michael Gable of Fairmont Equities looks at the charts to see if a sustained market upturn is happening right now and he looks at the charts for Megaport, Magellan, Aristocrat and more. And then Paul Rickard thinks healthcare stocks will improve the overall health of your portfolio, but which ones? That's the show ahead of a week when we get the latest inflation number out of the US on Wednesday and then our latest unemployment figures come out, where both statistics could have a really big impact on what happens to interest rates first and then ultimately on stock markets. So let's kick off with... June Baylou of Tribeca Alpha Plus Fund. Thanks for joining us, June Baylou.
1: Thank you for having me, Peter.
0: All right, so I want to take you back to Tuesday last week in America and Wednesday here. And the Americans got more worried about recession and therefore the, the bond market... Its yields fell, and all of a sudden the world was going to end. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. so good quality, cyclically inclined companies like BHP were sold off, and companies that have been despised for the last six months, tech stocks, were bought. Is that a sneak preview of what might happen when later this year they decide all those interest rate scenarios were excessively excessive, mm-hmm. and 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 hopefully ukraine war might be over and china is supplying more and inflation is coming down is that a sneak preview of what probably will happen to a lot of those beaten up stocks?
1: Look, absolutely. Um, I think we've been talking about this for a little while now. The and praying up, for it to happen. That's right, <laughs> praying for it to happen. And when it it happens, happens real fast. And uh, but there's a, that's definitely, definitely a sneak preview. What's interesting is that the um, you know the, the bond yield. You talk about the bond yield. So the um, the bond yield jumped significantly just about a month ago yeah. uh, when everyone said, oh look, inflation, and everything. So sell growth stocks. interest rate going higher. And then just about you know last week and uh, suddenly bond yield fell significantly um, just on the basis of all of a sudden people worry about recessions and mm. you know and then they realize that all oh, the commodity prices will be hurt by recession even though china may come back and so mm. absolutely we're already seeing the growth companies especially the leaders the you know proper growth company that has real businesses they have jumped significantly in terms of share price mm. um but that's you know still way below if you look on the 12-month um, basis mm. uh, still way below what they were 12 months ago really yeah
0: mm. Um, you've been in funds management for quite a long time. Mm. You're not an old you're not an old person, but you've been funds management for long Almost time. Almost twenty years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you think the volatility in the market and the reaction in the market is much more excessive than it was when you first started? And I'm kind mm. of presuming computers mm. and the, the more diverse stock market audience mm. might be behind it. Well, is it is it yeah. a fair call?
1: Oh, absolutely, you're absolutely right. So um, it's certainly increasingly hearing more professional investors say, I've never seen this before. Mm. Uh, it's simply uh, the market become more passive, there's more computers, um, and then the active managers, there's less active managers, there's more retail investors. So all of that together just means things are happening very fast. Mm. Um, so previously, when we go through the whole cycle, so when the inflation started picking up, when the interest rates started going up and then before you get to the recession. Generally, take about between 18 months to two years. <laughs> it took us three months. That's right. <laughs> it, that's right. It took us three months to move from, you know, oh god, inflation, things too hard, we need to bring it down, and then oh god, we're going to have a recession. Mm. So there's a lot of people actually sitting in the market saying, look, how can it be over when we haven't even started? <laughs> <laughs> we just <laughs> come right. out of the pandemic. Yeah. So you know, so that it has created a very a lot of volatility. But what in, what this environment is, it's actually really good for stock pickers, for mm. investors to actually understand those businesses yeah. because market is just so. broad, Bush looking through everything, sell the whole sector, yeah. sell resources, sell yeah. growth, sell everything, don't care what the company does. Mm. And now we're heading into reporting season. So actually there's a lot of great return generating opportunities heading into it because share price, all the share price have fallen. Mm. Um, and if you get the earnings right, um, you know, some of those companies may not be uh, experiencing those die, dire situations.
0: Yeah, it seems to me a company like Zero is very different from a company like Nuix. Yeah.
1: And absolutely. but they
0: they kind of get treated the same way oh, on on the same day.
1: Down as much yeah. <laughs> for a large and and Zero being such a large cap as well, yeah. um, and it's fallen as much. You know, share price touched I think 75 dollars mm. at mm. one point, moving from one fifty mm. um, probably just a year ago. Yeah. Um, you know, we think it's an incredible amount of value sitting in this business. We do think in the next twelve months, a business like Zero will be bought just yeah. because they don't really require the uh, buoyant economic activity for the business to grow. You know, they're just going to new markets, doing mm-hmm. their day-to-day business, very, very defensive. Um, and um, and then the, the, you know, like you said, the valuation tool, which is the the bond yield, is stabilising. If anything, it might be moving the other way mm-hmm. as the, um, you know, inflation start to tapering off and then the interest rate expectations comes off.
0: Okay, so um, l- 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 before I go to the banks, I want to talk to you about the banks in, mm. the, in a moment, but. Are you saying then that probably in the, f- the f- once it's realized that interest rates aren't going to create a terrible recession, uh, and therefore interest rates also aren't going to rise aggressively, that uh, there'll be a rotation back into quality tech stocks first, and then eventually, those ones, those great ones of the future, and i name them like the Megaports yeah. and the Ordinates and all those ones will probably get picked up after the quality ones or you think they could go at the same time.
1: Mm, so, okay, uh, that's a really good question. I think the first one to go is actually healthcare businesses yep. because healthcare is just defensive and they've been sold off like mm. CSL because of various reasons, yep. or well, because of the yep. COVID effect. Well, Paul Rickards is the same thing. Yeah, and he thinks healthcare thing. is going exactly. to be liked pretty soon. I, I think so. So healthcare will be the one that will be very defensive, whether you have recession, not recession, and they will grow double digit yep. and yep. regardless and yep. they're cheap enough, so yep. it's good. So putting healthcare aside, the next one is actually the tech will do well, the mm. big tech. Now, um, if the bond yield, so at the beginning of the bond yield stabilizing, mm. so, you know, pretty much like, yeah, now, you know, you will start seeing the, um, the, the, the one that's been sold off a lot to start moving quite quickly, mm. the likes of Megapool, the likes of potentially Tyro, but mm. the likes of those names potentially move yeah, fast I, because yeah. they come off so much, mm. and their valuation, because they don't make money today, mm. um, you know, ca- not cash flow break even yet, Megapool will almost, um, and uh, their valuation is so sensitive to the, Future uh, mm. interest rate expectations. Mm. So these ones will actually move a lot by a lot compared to the larger tech. Right. Um, but only thing is, you know, just because we still got a lot bit of uncertainty, mm. you know, there might be a recession in the US, mild, right? Mm. In the US next year or the year after, and in Europe, Australia will probably won't get there. Um, but just still, there's uncertainties out there. We still got the war going on. So those names, they may jump quite quickly, but then they will be volatile. Yeah. Um, so the defensive way is you play healthcare play large cap defensive tech, yeah. um, and then you move into those ones in a small way. Yeah,
0: and if you miss the first 10 or 15%- It's okay, because, because you've got to make so much more. Yeah, they have so much. <laughs> exactly,
1: you're not yeah. talking about 20, 30%, you're talking about doubling, tripling okay. your money we got a
0: question on Boom, Zoom, Zoom on Thursday about the banks. And um, in America, when interest rates rise, there's an instant belief that, oh, banks will make money. Mm. Now, here in Australia, the view is that, well, interest rates um, don't necessarily instantly make money Mm. for a variety of reasons. But I've always thought that it works this way, and correct me if I'm wrong. During the interest rate rising cycle, the banks will make money. Mm. It's when it starts hurting the economy Mm. that's when the problem will come for banks. So Mm. it seems to me our banks have probably got at least 12 months of have improved profits because they're charging higher interest rates. The defaults are really low. Bankruptcies are really low. So is that a fair analysis? Oh, then?
1: absolutely. Yeah. So when I earlier when I said uh, people say how can it be over before it even started, mm. this is exactly referring to the banks. Yeah. They're earning still cu- recovering from those low interest rates, yeah. and now finally when it's rising, it's extremely sensitive. And look, you know the market's moving on so fast. You know looking forward to potential recession.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's <laughs> pretty good here. Yeah. You know, and our inflation is not like half of what they experienced in the U.S. Yeah. Our interest rate is not going to get even anywhere near what the U.S. is going to do. Mm. Our employment market is good and our corporate is still recovering from the, uh, the COVID lockdown, which was, I'll just finish yeah. early this year. So, you know, our banks will have pretty good environment for the time being. Um, I think it's way too early for investors to, to be really selling them yeah. off and worry about, you know, the recession. What
0: bank do you like then amongst them? I know we all like CBA, but CBA mm. is always priced to perfection mm. or priced too high. But which one of the other three do you like?
1: Look, uh, I do like I do like NAB is a good yeah, business, you know. It's outper- <laughs> but it's outperformed and yeah. everything. A little bit more expensive, but CBA is the most expensive. You do want to stick with quality. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I, I do have my one foot in the cheaper bank, like ANZ. Okay. Um, a really, just you know, it's valuation wise, a bit cheaper. Give yeah. you a bit of you know, sort of little bit more extra. Yeah. Uh, but net net, you know, I think the whole sectors will be will be okay. And then the div- the um, the the dividend yield will be enormous from mm-hmm. this sector. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this reporting season, you see the big miners paying out a huge amount of dividend as well as buyback Mm. and then the banks will pay a lot of dividend now and next 12 month is looking very strong.
0: Are the other miners a buy at this point?
1: Um, I, I would think so. Um, yeah. I, I honestly, I think heading into the results, um, people worry about the short term. Look, I think the miner has outperformed, so yeah. you know, market is selling them and buying something yeah. else. Uh, but I do think heading into reporting season, they're going to pay enormous amount of dividend, mm. double in the double digits. Mm. Um, so um, you know, particularly for the large diversified, you certainly will be buying some for you know for for those announcement of the dividend, they yeah. will
0: outperform. So do you think? some sneaky fund managers, not like you, of course, (laughs) but some sneaky ones will buy the miners, get the dividend, and then Dump it and go chasing tech or something like that.
1: Uh, that's what they do every year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. You buy it and then you sell it before um, the you know the dividend go ex dividend. Yeah. Um, because there's just so much demand for those dividend income yeah. funds. you yeah. know, What you So get you
0: get for? you get the price benefit of everyone chasing the that's dividend. That's right. And then you, don't, you, wait until and <laughs> <dividend>. <laughs> you don't wait till it goes ex dividend. You don't wait until dividend Guys, comes you guys <laughs> are sneaky. I never thought you. Any would extra like that. return we could get. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A question I got from Boom Zoom Zoom on Thursday was an interesting one for me. Um, Babcorp. Been a great company. I don't know if, if you've ever been interested in Babcourt, mm. but I, I, I MC the Automotive Dealers Association conference, mm. which I was telling you before we interviewed. Um, and the one thing I, I thought about was we know used cars have really been bought like never before. Mm. That's probably gonna be a good thing for Babcourt that actually provides spare parts mm. to the mm. the mechanics and the panel beaters that fix up used cars,
1: Mm, what do you think? Oh absolutely, I think that whole car space, um, the used car space, it's just been uh, experiencing so much demand Mm. uh, and the backlog as well. So when the COVID hit and then suddenly when there's a bit of reopening because the borders are closed so people can only drive. Mm -hmm. So demand for driving, uh, anything to do with driving has been incredible. Mm. Then we had the supply shortage so we we couldn't get the chip. So we couldn't get the new car. And then suddenly um, the car car dealership couldn't supply the demand because there's just no car coming in. Uh, so um, so all of these guys and you know have been actually experiencing difficulty uh, during the environment it's meant to be amazing for them so yeah. so the backlog is huge um, and I think for this company yeah the driving holiday is still here to stay uh, they will still do yeah. very well um, only thing is I think when the border do reopen there will be a bit of quietness um, on the roads because yeah. people will fly yeah. you know everyone will book that holiday on to fly yeah. um, but regardless you know people will still drive because yeah. not everyone can get a slot internationally
0: and I also, <laughs> but I also think there's a lot of skeety cats who, mm. who won't fly overseas until there's no oh, more absolutely. headlines about COVID, mm. and so they, they will stay home. All right, um, the next issue what are we going to do about buy now, pay later? Is, it, is that party over, or will it ride again? And only certain companies will. I think with buying. that
1: sector, um, you, it's really the M and A is going to be the next wave that's yeah. going to drive that sector. Um, because there's too many
0: joining, too and many. And they and they the need to big get together. In, exactly,
1: yeah. the big one joined together. So Afterpay and Square, so that's together now. Yeah. And then, so you have to see that whole consolidation happening. So Zip and says of merged, um, and then a whole lot of other ones. They're trying to do the same thing. They just have to. They, you know, the M and A has to take place yeah. um, because if you don't do it fast, or if you don't align with another one, um, you might become irrelevant. Yeah. Um, just because. Money's more expensive to come by. Uh, and then the churn is getting a little bit harder just beca- <clears throat> because people doing services rather than, you know, just the goods sales yep. uh, because that was a big market for those buy now, pay later. So in this environment, they need to merge fast. Mm-hmm. And the landscape's changing very, very rapidly. Um, and I think in the next 12 months, you know, I think a lot of them won't be listed. Yeah. Um, they, they, they have to merge with someone. But,
0: but why wouldn't... I, I heard Morgan Stanley's um, Gorman, who is an Aussie, of course, the yeah, CEO... Uh, he was talking about how they're going to get into buy now pay later mm. why wouldn't banks buy a company like zip that's so so cheap now compared to where it was like an anz mm. anz of course is in conventional banking now mm. and buy now pay later is like a a new arm of conventional banking that mm. they've got our wealth management I would have thought some of the banks would, like, we you know CBA's got mm-hmm. Klarna.
1: Klarna, yeah. yeah.
0: Why wouldn't one of the other big four banks look at something like Zip or, or another one?
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. or Tyro, or, mm. you know, any of those. Um, I, I think the banks should. Um, mm. The only thing is that because banks are normally a little bit, you know, trying to be conservative, mm. right? Don't want to take the risk and potentially for reputation and things. Mm. So, right now, because, you know, the regulation potentially will be changing and mm. all, all of that front. So maybe they're just holding back on that, but ultimately, the sector has to be bought. because yeah. you're, they buying, a you're buying
0: a young demographic. Exactly. If the older people aren't doing it, the young people are going, aren't going to run away from it, even if mm. the regulations say, be nice to the young people. Young people yes. don't like credit cards, mm. and they like this buy now pay yeah,
1: Absolutely, ones. and I think you know all of that has so much um, crossover. You know, say merge with Tyro, mm. um, it'd be like a, uh, you know Square merging with uh, Afterpay. Yeah. So Tyro can merge with something else, and then sit within a bigger um, you know platform, and yeah. then you can roll the whole service across everything. Yeah. I actually think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Potentially, it's in the works.
0: Yeah, let's see if it happens. Mm. All right, so I've, I've asked you about all the stuff I want you ask about. Is there any company that has come on your radar screen that you really like right now? This will be the final pesterization I'll, I'll give <laughs> you. But well, is there a company that you said, yep, I really like it, looks really good for the future?
1: Yeah, look, I think I really like this uh, This this company recently got into my portfolio, Jones Lang. Jones um, Lang. Uh, uh, Group, yeah, yeah. So, JLG. so real estate group. No, so uh, not Jones Lang. My pronunciation, J L G, is the code. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> um, not Jones Lang. My Chinese pronunciation. J L G is the code. Yes. And uh, so, what they do is that uh, it's a tiny little company. Uh, they provide construction, not just construction, uh, fixing up, you know, bits and pieces for insurance companies. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, so so those like a
0: back office thing. No, not
1: back office. So if insurance, so, you know, um, so for natural, well, it's not natural disaster. For example, your house is leaking uh, and uh, you call up your insurance company going, it's leaking. Yeah. And then normally most of the market um, individual will go out and get their things and if, the insurance yeah, that, company will pay you, yeah. right? So, but what, what they, they do is that they always, they have a contract with the insurance company and then the insurance company just go, oh, you know what? I'll get these guys to fix it. So yeah. they guarantee quality and then they overall cheaper because, you know, they always have yeah. a yeah, okay. Company being around for sixty years. Yeah. Um, so they're
0: effectively a building repair and maintenance. Building code. repair
1: and maintenance yeah. very very defensive yeah. uh, sort of earning stream. Yeah. Um, they have access to all the um, you know all the insurers and they're yeah. the largest in Australia. Yeah. Very fragmented because yeah. normally it's mum and dads going fixing up yeah. those things. Yeah. And they just recently got into strata as well for the large um, buildings and things. Interesting. And then they do all the natural disasters um, as well. Um, and then they just recently plenty of the those lately. Yeah. yeah oh. Yeah, so roofing
0: work would be th- going exactly. through. Roof.
1: What that does is that no no analysts forecast those natural disasters. And once you have the natural disaster in, uh, it takes a couple of years to build them. So it's constantly an upgrade cycle. Last oh. year, upgraded 12 times. This year, it's already done it um, three, four times. Oh. Um, because analysts don't for- forecast those earnings. And they once they're in, they're there for the next couple of years. Okay. Um, and it's just been incredibly uh, consistent in terms of earnings. Share price created because, you know, it was expensive. Yeah. Um, but now it looks pretty good value. Okay. JLG. JLG. We'll
0: look up the, the correct pronunciation <laughs> but, and we'll put it on screen. But Jim Bailey, thanks for coming in. Thank on the you program. very
1: much.
0: Well, joining me now is Mike Gobel of Fairmont Equities, and we've got Mike looking at a number of charts to see if there are some positive signs for the overall market and also for some individual stocks. Mike, great to see you. Thanks, Peter. Let's start off with the, um, the big picture of the indexes. Um, do you think we are seeing a bit of a sneak preview of what might eventually happen when inflation starts to dissipate, maybe a Ukraine war eventually ends and um, interest rate rises have come to a, a halt for a while? Do you think the market will then turn around and say, it's time to buy some of these stocks and the market will start
2: rising? Yes, I think... I think to get a sustainable rally again in the market, it, it will hinge on what's happening with interest rates and and of course what, what's happening with inflation. So as soon as it looks like either inflation has peaked, um, but I think most importantly, as soon as it looks as though we, we're not going to get more rate rises uh, and central banks will pause on the rate rises, that's when the market will rally. So in some ways we've got a bit of a sneak preview of that where A fall in commodity prices over the last few months and a fall in the long-term bond yields Hmm. um, sorry in the last few weeks um, has given the market a little bit of optimism that we're not going to get all these rate rises and therefore it's starting to move higher but to be honest i think that it's still early days i think that um, you know we will have rate rises this month next month and there's Hmm. still a lot of uncertainty as to how many rate rises we'll get Hmm. um, you know the quantum of those so I think there is still a bit of uncertainty and pain ahead for the next probably couple of months mm. um, until you know, things things get clearer. But for the moment, um, I do think that we are getting a bit of we are going to get a bit of a bounce uh, in the market. Unfortunately, there is still a real risk that we still see lower levels a little bit later on.
0: It seems to me that the data flow is going to be critically important. Reporting season is going to be critically important, mm. and I've been arguing that. Probably by the December quarter, provided inflation is falling and provided that it looks like interest rate rises are getting near an end for a while, mm. that will probably be a, a better quarter for stocks.
2: Yeah, I, I think I think there'll be better times um, ahead of us. I just can't predict, you know, when when that will be. I just have some guts. I just Gabe. <laughs> we'll okay. Go <laughs> you know, I could I can I can see the trends and I'm trying to manage yeah. the risk with what I could see and, and I think the risk is that the market will struggle to do a lot when we have rate rises ahead of us. Yeah. So whether they stop in two months from now or six months from now, I can't, I can't predict mm. the future. But at the moment, that's the risk. Mm. Um, but that's the big, I guess, telling sign for when the market's ready to rally for, yeah. for investors. And that's mm. when central banks come out and say, look, we're ready to stop here because of this reason and that reason. And then the market can okay. recover.
0: So for the market to eventually take off I, I go back to my favourite um, Pantene commercial starring Rachel Hunter when she said, it won't happen overnight, but it will happen. It'll eventually <laughs> happen. <laughs> it will happen. Okay mate, let's have a look at the S&P yep. 500. I, you know, both of you and I will agree what's going on in the US is a, mm. a big uh, driver of what happens here. So yep. what's this market showing us?
2: Yeah, so I'll just um, talk through this chart. Okay. So, um, okay, so over the last few months we've spoken about a few key levels. Uh, in the market. So initially, when we, when we met back in May, we were looking at this, this main support level here. Mm. Um, obviously, breaking was a negative. Um, and then when I was here um, a few weeks ago, um, around this point, um, we are talking about how the market rallied back up to that old level mm. uh, and failed to get above it, um, which has you know, put the emphasis back on the downside. So again, we've, we're still getting these, these lower peaks and these lower lows but most recently what we've seen in the short term is a higher low so we have this low from june a bounce and then a pullback to give us a higher low mm. and after a few days the market started to love to move higher. love
0: higher lows and exactly. exactly the more the better the more the better and
2: yeah. you, you need that for the market to get going yeah so what i've i've likened this is similar to what we saw potentially in march where we had a a strong bounce, a pullback for a bit of a a higher low, and that gave the market an opportunity to give us a tradable bounce. So if you're a trader out there, you may well get a bounce here that you could trade. Unfortunately, there's not enough here to tell me that this downtrend is over, and for the reasons we spoke about with interest rate rises. Mm. We might get a bounce. And look, maybe at best we even get a pullback and a further high low. That would okay. be great. Let me put it under pressure.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, on Wednesday we get U.S. inflation numbers. If they come out a lot lower than expected, do you think
2: that level could be tested? We, we, we may well get a bounce, but hmm. then the market will, of course, turn to what does this then mean for could, interest re- rates? Could be recession list. as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's 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 the problem. So we've yeah. initially the market was worried about inflation and then it was worried about recession and it, yeah yeah it depends yeah. on the mood of the market okay right
0: good let's go to the next one now mate and we're looking at the nasdaq and this yep. is the one that really has had a big reaction anytime mm. the bond yields come, come off so what are we seeing in the nasdaq
2: so it's it's pretty similar to the s p 500 in that we've generally got this downtrend mm. um, we've got the higher low um, and similarly to the s p 500 it's back to that little peak at the end of june mm. so i wouldn't be surprised if tonight's session is a bit muted um, while it just works through uh, any selling mm. up here. But but it, to me, it does look like it wants to head back to this level um, between about 12,000, 12,500, and that mm. was the peak in June. So mm. again, a little bit of upside, obviously, if it clears that high, you're then looking at this high as the next level. So unfortunately, you've got all these levels of, of trapped buyers that, mm. that will offer resistance. So it'll be hard going. Um, but again, by, less, by at least for the buyers, the
0: people who have bought have lost, and if they see that that old entry
2: price to, uh, broken, yep. they'll, they'll probably get out,
0: at least with a percentage of their.
2: Exactly, yeah. and yeah. I mean I've you know, been speaking to many investors over many years, and mm. when they're holding a losing stock, they all say the same thing to me, and that's as soon as I get my money back, I'm out of there. So mm. that's why that's why resistance exists. Yeah, a yeah.
0: okay, good point. Let's go to the ASX 200 now, mate.
2: Um, yes, obviously, a bit, of a bit of a different looking chart in that, that we have this more sideways movement before the breakdown here in June. Um, but again, we've got this, this higher low mm. forming. At the moment, we seem to be oscillating between this band here. So it looks like we're readying for a bit of a move, again, maybe not too dissimilar to what we saw in March, where we get a bit of a bounce, but, you know, beyond that, um, mm. you know, we just have to, you know, it remains to be seen, but I, I still think for the short-term there's, there's upside potential, um, but obviously that, that June low, mm. I'm not very certain whether that's a proper low yet or not. Yep. We may well see these levels in several weeks' time.
0: Yeah, and, and, and probably to remind people that that massive drop sort of coincided with both the Fed doing a, a 0.75% uh, rate hike mm. and the, our RBA doing a 0.5% uh, rate hike. It yeah. really gave the market a real... Um, bit of a, f- a fear, bit of fire, a spook, yeah. or whatever you want to call it, yeah. Okay, let's go to the next one now, mate, and I've asked you to look at a couple of interesting stocks. And mm. Now, Megaport, you know, is one that we've watched over, over the years and uh, was really in favour when tech stocks were, were doing really well. Had a yep. big rise about a week or two ago. Mm. Um, what are you seeing on the chart itself?
2: So what I've done here is I've... Uh, this is a weekly chart, so each of these bars represents one week, as we could see this chart goes all the way back to two thousand and seventeen yep. but i 've changed the scale, so i 've made it a log scale to it just helps understand the movements a bit better. What yep. I mean by that is, as we could see here, two to four dollars, so a doubling of the share price, hmm. another doubling of the share price, another doubling of the share okay. price so yeah. even though it 's dropped a lot um, and that may well seem like an opportunity right now i think it does need a bit bit more time because on the log scale if we compare the recent decline to the COVID decline as we could see even though it got smashed during COVID, Mm. it's it's a smaller amount than what it's what it's done now in percentage terms um not necessarily dollar terms but in percentage terms so um, look the risk is still to the downside for the moment we can see a very strong uh, bounce here on the chart, mm. but I think what it needs to do is, is um, basically just just build explain a, build explain a bit of a base. to the
0: people watching, Mike, um, why you say that was a big bounce. What what, what figure in that, those candles or whatever, that yep. show you there was a big bounce.
2: So this this is a weekly chart. Mm. Um, so as we could see, each of these candles is one week. So if we count back to this candle here, that's four candles mm. ago, so about yep. a month ago. And we could see that at its lowest point, it was at approximately five dollars, uh, and now it's up at six thirty-five. Yeah. So and that's so a big candle. In percentage there. terms, yeah. that's that's a large move. Mm. But to put in perspective, it's got, yeah, you know, it's 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 copped a bit of a, a bit of a hiding over the last um, several months. So, I think given this the scale of this move, um, what you'll need to see is probably like the broader market. It needs to. It needs to move this way a bit more on the chart mm. and just give us a bit more of a base until it's ready to get And just go for and educational
0: so. purposes, Mark, explain mm. to the viewers why some candles are clear and others are red.
2: It basically indicates where the stock is closing and where it's, where it's opening and where it's closing. So red means that it closed lower than where it opened. Yeah. So given this is a weekly chart, mm. if we look at this red candle, right. it means that it started the week at this level. Mm it closed the week down here. Yeah. So, a white candle is the opposite. So yeah. where you have this big white candle, it's telling you that it opened the week at this level yeah. and then it closed the week up here. So that that gives me a very quick, at a, at a quick glance, mm. so I can tell the strength of the stock or not. So whether yeah. there's a lot of red candles, a lot of white yeah, candles. Yeah, like
0: here, there's a lot, a lot of clear candles and a, lot, a big right rising world. trend. Yeah. Ever since the falls, a lot more red. Okay. That's, that's so, right.
2: So if we see it move this way a bit more, a lot more white candles. At a first glance, that's telling you that it seems to be closing higher than okay. where
0: it's opening. So, we've made a commitment to technical education <laughs> for investors. Well done, mate. Let's go to another interesting one mm. um, uh, Magellan Financial Group. Now, yep. uh, Paul and I, Paul Ricardo and I, discussed Magellan last week, and I said, it just seems to be a lot of interest around the low $12 mark. And I think I went through it last week, mm. but it just seems to me around the $12 mark, there are a lot of potential buyers. Is it? What are you saying? What are you seeing on the chart?
2: Um, so we've gone back to a daily chart here. Mm. Um, I think ultimately, as you know, we spoke about it a few months or so ago, mm. I think they're going to need a lot more time to get the runs on the board again mm. and the the, mm. the performance for the the flows, the the funds to start. Yeah, and they lost
0: five point six billion or six six billion last week from yeah. advisors. So it's a tricky time for them
2: at the moment. Yes, yes, it is. So look, the chart seems to be slowing down here, but i've noticed that it, it's it's still giving us these lower highs and what mm. what that means is where we spoke earlier about a stock will go if it can go back up to an old price that where you have all the trap buyers and mm. that's where they want to sell to break yeah. it even yeah because it's got the lower highs what that means is it doesn't quite make it up to that level and mm. because people are that desperate to sell yeah. they just say look it's close enough and that's good enough mm. I'm, I'm getting out now so yeah. it does indicate a lot of bearish sentiment is still in the stock. So whether that's justified or not, yeah. um, I think this will continue. And so it seems
0: to me, Mike, uh, this company needs to report to the market that the actual funds, right, rather than funds are going in and out, the performance of the of the, of the fund is back to where it used to be, yeah. very good quality returns. Uh, and or that, when you think about it, um, the, the likelihood that it's going to keep on doing that mm. uh, and the company's profits uh, uh, reporting season are reporting says or saying that the market's mm. really marked them down too hard but at this point in time it's not really looking like it's going to turn around anytime soon
2: that's right i think yeah if you if you could see the fund performance kick up and and, and not just do it for one month no. I mean, if they, if they could start to outperform consistently then maybe as an investor you can you could say to yourself, "Well, that means that funds will start flowing in, yeah. so let me start buying the stock now before that happens." Yeah. But it's too early.
0: And I and I think they have a pretty heavy exposure to U.S. Nasdaq-type stocks mm. and uh, S and P five hundred stocks. Until that turns around, they're probably going to you know, struggle. And
2: I mean, you then have to also question the, um, you know, the fund manager and that. Yeah, ask any person on the street; they know that 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 you know what's happening in the Nasdaq and interest rates and how that affects these stocks. So, mm. you know, how come they haven't prepared themselves a little bit better mm. better for that?
0: Yeah, good point. Let's go to the next one now. This is one that you've liked in the past, being mm. a, a racy gambling type of person, being in, <laughs> working in the markets. Uh, is it, is it um, looking good at it,
2: that? It is. Um, so, basically what we've got here is I mean, if we ignore this last part of the chart, it's, mm. it's just like the S&P 500, mm. it's got a downtrend. Yeah. But the good thing about Aristocrat is it started to break that downtrend. So mm. it's put in a higher low. Um, as we could see, the low point for it was in May, um, you know, near $31, and now it's up near 35. So it's, it's starting to outperform the broader market. Mm. It's put in a higher low, it's just put in a higher high, but now it's, it's on the way back down again. Mm in the short term. So it's starting to to give us that base. So, you know, a few more movements like this sideways yeah. and then we could say, well, the downtrend's broken, it's got a bit of a base and, and it's ready to get back into an uptrend. So mm. definitely one to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, and, I, and I th- I've noticed that a lot of the analysts are very positive towards the risk leisure right now. Here's an interesting one, Fortescue. Uh, we know the miners have got mm. a bit of a, a backlash lately and it always seem t- seems to fall by the most, and rise by the most. Yeah, What's the overall chart saying about the company right now?
2: The good thing about Fortescue, in, if you compare its share price to where it was at the start of the year, mm. it's actually fallen less than the market, so mm. again, I like looking for the businesses that have held up better than the market, mm. um, because when the market recovers, I think they're the ones that that will do, do the best. Mm. Um, Fortescue, what's very interesting about this chart is again um, apart from this little low here a few days ago, the prior low was all the way back in back in March. Mm. So again, broader markets down here somewhere, yep. Fortescue's held up. So I know this is very volatile and looks very messy, but the overall picture looks very positive mm. for Fortescue. I think in the short term you're going to get a, a pretty decent bounce in this, and the reason why I say that is as it's fallen back, I keep an eye on the old low and see what it does at that low. If it can't hold on to that low, that's, that's most often a negative. Mm. Um, that's where everyone's got their stop losses. If you can't hold on to that mm. previous level of good buying support, and as we could see here in March, as soon as it got to this level, it, it yep. launched mm. really, really strongly. Mm. Last week, it actually broke that low. So ordinarily, you'd think, well, that's, that's it. It's Dreams. game over for Fortescue. Mm. Mm. But the next day, it it jumped up, got back above this line, and as we can see in the last couple of days, it's held above that line. So that's what's known in in charting terminology as a false break. So you think it's broken down, Mm. but again, immense buying has come in to get it back above that level. So that tells Mm. me that that should follow through, and at least in the short term, I think you'll get a bit of upside here.
0: Yeah, yeah. A false break. We, mm. le- we learn something every day. Let's go to the one that you've offered, uh, and, uh, and you don't usually bring one that you want us to sell. You usually bring us one that's <laughs> worth buying. Mm. So tell us about Min.
2: Well, this this is uh, this is one that, that is worth buying. Yeah. So again, it's got it's got one of those charting patterns where, um, if you looked resources. at it a week ago, mineral resources. Yeah, mineral resources, yeah. Um, lithium and iron ore. Yeah. So. If you looked at this chart a week ago, you'd think, well, it's it's, it's, it's game over. It's game over. Another, it's it's another, broken. Another false break. It's, yeah. an o- it's another false break, Peter. That's right. You're learning. So, yeah. boy. Um, yeah, look, I know I've um, you know been in and out of a lot of these resource stocks, and I think resource stocks, you do have to trade them. Hmm. And the unfortunate thing about lithium at the moment is there's this big story around uh, electric cars, and hmm. we only have to look at um, the, the German automakers now backtracking from the 2035- um, deadline to start, well, to stop selling internal combustion engines. They're already backtracking from that. So, yeah. look, I think the whole lithium story—it it is a story. Mm. Look, there's still something there, but mm. people get it a bit, bit too excited yeah. about what it all means, and, yeah. and it goes up too much, and then it needs to come back down. Yeah, so very wild-looking chart as we could see moving between about forty and $60 something dollars and sixty-something dollars over the last year. Mm. But a great trading stock. So, again, like the broader market, February, March. Um, a higher low, strong rally has come back. Again, during this recent pullback, I was looking at these lows. Uh, it broke that close near the low. Well, that looks terrible. Mm. Um, but a day later, it jumped back up here, jumped back up again on Friday. At the moment, I think it's down slightly today. Mm. But again, it's holding into these levels, false break. Mm. Um, you know, there's no certainties, but. Mm. Uh, in terms of probabilities, this, this is a really good high probability trade. I think you'll get some sort of uplift here. I mean, I don't know where it might stop. Mm. But um, yeah, the, if, if you're happy to do a trade for a few weeks, yeah. I think this one's looking what, really What's good. really
0: interesting, Mark, and I, I always like to try and get some real world added to the technical world that you present, mm. the number of people who've complained about the price of petrol who are now... Dying for the day when electric cars are A, cheaper, and mm. B, can be charged pretty easily. That's going to lead to a, a massive demand for electric cars. And that's when the lithium story will be justified, mm. I think. And, and I think there's probably, because of the price of uh, pe- petrol around the world, gasoline, as they say in America, mm. all the car manufacturers are going to be really pushing a lot harder to make that day happen when they're cheaper
2: yeah. and, they're, and they're easier to, to um, charge up. But I guess the problem is um, you might you might want to swap to an electric car, but mm. if lithium prices are where they are, then you can't move from a say a fifty thousand dollar car to a one hundred thousand dollar equivalent mm. yeah it's It's not going to happen, and unfortunately, I think the link between high energy prices making renewables more attractive it's it's not quite that simple because what you know to build these renewables to build the wind turbines and so on requires a lot of energy, and now mm. energy is expensive. Mm. It requires a lot of money, now money's expensive. Yeah. So I think that switch to renewables, as we've seen play out in Europe, it's a lot harder than you think. So yeah. what I think what that's doing is pushing back the timeframes. You know, a couple of years ago, we had this great, um, you know, great hope or optimism that we'd all be in electric cars by a certain date, and, mm. and there's you know there would be all these developments with renewable energy. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's getting pushed out and Germany's turning back on the coal power yeah, yeah. stations. And the electric car makers are, um, uh, sorry, the, the German car makers, as I said, are, are pushing back on on when they're going to stop. Well, the one good thing about
0: that is that my, my diesel car will have more trade in value over the next couple of years, but I yeah. thought I'd get very little for it. Uh, so Mike, overall, um, do you think that uh, if we get, um, um, a period where it looks like inflation is dissipating and interest rates are on the way down a lot of these stocks will start heading on heading to the upside
2: yeah look there's a lot of doom and gloom out there and I mean in our business we read the financial press and it can get hmm. it can get a bit depressing but yeah. you have to realize that yeah it um, you know human nature we tend to you know get caught up in in the fear and the negativity but we do come out the other side and yeah. you know I'm Okay, I'm still bearish in the short term, apart from maybe the little bounce that we might get here in mm-hmm. the market. I still mm-hmm. think the next few months will be pretty difficult, mm. but but I know that there's there's something beyond that, and I'm quite optimistic that yeah. the markets can do well, and, and basically we've got this great opportunity in the next few months to yeah, pick up stocks at, at good levels when the time is right.
0: Yeah, we've got to remember that media reports news, and news can be negative at times, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be negative forever. Yeah, exactly. Great stuff, thanks. That's Mike Gable from Fairmont Equities. Well, joining me now is Paul Ricardo of the Switch Report, and uh, he's looked at the healthcare sector, which he thinks has a real lot of potential. Paul? Yeah,
3: you know, I think the healthcare sector is going to do pretty well, Peter. In fact, it's been doing well in the last sort of four to six weeks. So let me mm. show you a, a bit of a graph that I put together to look at both what's happening in the Australian market and the US market. Now, typically healthcare, at least in the states, is sort of as, as a defensive sector. Mm. Uh, and it's probably no surprise that it's done pretty well in the US because the market's volatile, the market's also down and people yeah. flocked to, to safety in, the health, in, in, the, in, in a sector like healthcare. So just look, quite, the top part of the graph shows you the return of the healthcare, the first uh, six trading days of the year. Uh, then we look at June, and then we can see a year-to-date basis. So you can see in the US, uh, 2% positive return so far this month. Mm. Only lost 2.7% in June compared to the US S&P 500 losing 8%, and only down 66 compared to 17.5% for the whole market. Yeah. So certainly not as you'd expect in the US as um. a defensive sector. Yep. Australia's a little bit different though, Peter. We clearly take our lead from the US, as, as is always the case. But... Yeah. Our sector tends to be more growth orientated, mm. uh, and that's because our companies uh, are, you know, are more niche companies competing in global markets. They're yeah. based outside Australia, or their bulk of their sales occur outside the Australian market. Yeah.
0: And they're not like big drug companies that even pay dividends. They're
3: not they? like big drug companies, uh, and they're very very concentrated. So yep. they're in you know one mm. or two very niche markets, yeah. big markets, yeah. and they tend to be global leaders. So yeah. and growth has been their mantra. So we have things stocks trading and. Yeah, pretty big multiples. You know, 30s and 40s in terms of uh, current year earnings. So that's why the Australian sector didn't do as well when the market sold off. You look at that. Look at the same period. You know, it's uh, year to date. It's only just below the current market, down Mm. 7.1%. But look at what at the start of the financial year, up up 5.4% in the Mm. first six trading days, uh, and the better performance in June. So the healthcare sector went down a lot um, in. you know, January, February, March, and it has come back quite strongly uh, in June and um, also in July. And Mm. I think that's going to continue because there are a couple of forces at work. One is is that, uh, you know, from an institutional point of view, um, the two big sectors, you know, banks, you know, question marks about whether high interest rates will really impact, you know, profits and bad debts in the long term. Mm. And in the resources sector, people are still worried a little bit about, your commodity prices and the R word, recession, and yeah. what yeah. that might do. So there's sort of n- slight negatives about both those sectors. Yeah. Healthcare is the third sector, so where does your money go? Mm. It tends to go in healthcare. A mm. couple of other things that are helping are the Australian companies. So the Australian dollar lower in, in US dollar terms. Although yeah. they report in constant currency terms, uh, it still does help in terms of their US earnings. And it certainly makes their share prices cheaper back in US dollars, right? Because yeah. they're trading in Australian dollars and yeah. cheaper in US dollars, and that helps offshore buying. And then thirdly, we're coming into reporting season, and uh, you know our healthcare companies have traditionally done really well in the reporting season, and that companies like CSL, Peter, have got a great record of you know positive surprises, and I think that's all leading to part of the m- momentum. So mm. in an environment where your other two sectors aren't doing as well, uh, your two major sectors are looking a bit... I won't say it's shaky, but not as well. Mm. These companies are doing all right. They're not going down in price, which means there's almost got to mean they've got to go up. I think there's uh, you know to see some good performance in yeah. healthcare. And
0: because you say they're more growth rather than defensive, if if this uh, stock market starts to rebound, maybe in the December quarter, because interest rate rises are over and inflation's falling, as tech stocks go up, these growth stocks will probably go with them as well.
3: Yeah, yeah, they will. And and uh, so that's that's one of the other positives now healthcare is also like, you could argue is you know particularly what the some of the products is largely sort of immune to the recession mm. you know some just dis- it has dis- to dis- goes mm. down but yeah. a lot of it doesn't now so that argues against the growth story a little bit maybe mm. that's why they've also in vogue at the moment um mm. uh, but uh you're right they're, they're certainly growing and and uh i think they are going to continue with so let's look at a couple of companies the yep. one i think it looks best at the moment. And this won't come as any surprise to our uh, our viewers, Peter? No, we've S- been big S- fans. CSL, mm. uh, and I think what this chart tells you is it sort of it just can't go down, right? Mm. In fact, if you look at that, it actually bottomed in this cycle in about February, February right? Mm. Mm. And that's despite the negativity we've had in the last quarter. Healthcare has been and CSL has been going up, quite a strong rally into the early part of July, which tells me that's institutional money starting to move into it. Yeah. I think there's more in store, and we can see that well back over $300. Now, the analyst consensus target price will north of $320. Every analyst is bullish on it. Mm. Um, you know, the uh, CSL doesn't say much between reporting seasons or reporting times. Mm. Uh, hasn't said anything <laughs> to the market for two months, um, but uh, is saying that plasma collections seem to be on the up. Uh, they've got some new technology that are reducing plasma. The cost of plasma collections that should be a positive in the short term, uh, and and also we've got the uh, the takeover of the, yeah, the new uh, company, the yeah. new company, which still hasn't been completed because of some regulatory issues. But that will go through, and that's its new sort of growth areas. Mm. We sort of look have an impact on the outlook up. statement, though, I thought. and uh, look, it won't have any yeah, it won't have any impact on this year's financial results, mm. but. Um, Look, I still think they're comfortable getting it done mm. fairly quickly. So yeah, And for this,
0: me, this sell-off pool looks very much like a tech stock, doesn't it? It's so steep, but unlike a tech stock, it's really... Yeah, except we're in a of yeah. over here. It's of, it, it, the, the,
3: the scale is uh, between $260 and, uh, and $340, mm. but it does look steeper than it is, but mm. Uh, mm. I think there's value there. There seems to be also value in ResMed, which is creeping up, mm. and also Cockletus, so I think there's value in, in yeah. each of those, uh, you know, Health companies. Still trading on high multiples, yeah. Peter, and that multiple really hasn't improved too yeah. much. But to me, the stocks aren't going down in price, mm. and uh, I think that means they're going to go up.
0: Yeah, three good quality companies that if you haven't got in your portfolio are worth thinking about. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Peter. That's Paul Rickard of the Switch Report. And that's the show. Thanks for joining us. I'll see you on Thursday when all those numbers I talked about, US inflation and our unemployment figure, will be out. If you want to know more about our company, and you want to get more insights into stocks to invest in, uh, have a look at switzerreport.com.au. Thanks for joining us. See you on Thursday.